Welcome to Life Changing Money, a podcast all about one of the most taboo topics in the world, money. I'm your host, Barbara Shrehan, and we're going behind the scenes on business owners' journeys to money, success, and wealth. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Changing Money. I'm so excited because this week's episode is another husband and wife episode. I have my husband, Matt, here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you for having me. It's weird that you just said Barbara. I know. It it did sound weird coming out of my mouth. Like, I I didn't know, should I say, thanks, babe? But, you know, (laughs) I don't know. That's that's weird and awkward. I don't know the last time you've called me Barbara. I, I... been years actually <laughs> i think this is the first time in years that i've called you barbara so it, it as weird as it sounded it felt much more weird coming out of my own mouth so got it well today's episode i let my husband pick questions that he's going to ask me so i think they're going to be tax yeah questions. they're going to be tax questions so so those of you that don't know i'm the one that deals with all of the incoming prospect calls so anyone who's like interested in in tax strategy and I, I get a lot of the same questions mm-hmm. and even though I've been married to you for seven years I don't know if I myself even fully understand the difference between tax and audit like the I, I remember when we first got together and I was like so you went to school for tax and you're like yeah I'm like okay so you went to, isn't that accounting isn't that the same thing and like she's like no there's there's the study of tax and then there's accounting. And like most IRS agents are, they don't know anything about tax, even though that's what they do. It's just, it's a very like interesting concept to me. So my question to you is what's the difference between someone who understands tax and someone who does audit, which most, most accountants have an audit background. No. So I think you're talking about what's the difference between a tax preparer and a tax strategist. Yeah. 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 But I will answer the first question. So when you're going to school, you can pick, obviously, from a ton of majors. And a lot of times when you're going to go into accounting, you either have to be a business major first if your Mm -hmm. school has a school of business, but they probably have accounting as either a minor or a major. So like for my school, we had a school of business. So if someone was like, what are you studying? You're like business, but my concentrations in accounting, which Mm -hmm. kind of just means like you take three extra classes and then you can say like you are an accountant, which is kind of crazy because it's only three classes. You take like accounting 101, 102 and like one other class. But accounting doesn't teach you anything about taxes, literally none. Like if you got an undergrad accounting degree, you don't know shit about taxes. Maybe you had to do VITA, which I did VITA. We didn't have to, but I started doing VITA when I was in community college, which is like the Volunteer Income Tax Association, maybe. But it's for like low income taxpayers. They can go to this. They can go to basically like community colleges or colleges and get their taxes done for free. If you have just an accounting degree, you probably don't know anything about tax. Then after you have your accounting degree, most people go back and get their master's because you can no longer get a CPA license unless you have like X amount of credits and it's like way more than an undergrad degree. So it would kind of be dumb to just get the credits but not get a graduate degree because it's kind of the same thing. So it's like might as well get more bang for your buck. But 
if you want, if you want to go to grad school for accounting, you can either pick accounting or tax. And the accounting degree, master's degree, I think they take one tax class. And then everything else is just accounting, which means you're just studying somebody's books. Like, if they have inventory, how do you count inventory? Like, very boring things. Right. But with tax, all you learn is tax. So my graduate degree is <clears throat> Master's of Science in Taxation. So our entire program was tax law, tax cases, all of that. Then, so okay, cool, you get an undergrad graduate degree. Then, most likely after you graduate, you're gonna go to public accounting. Right. Which means you're working at an accounting firm. Well, most accounting firms, when you go there, you either are pigeonholed to pick audit or tax. And audit means you're auditing people's financials. It does not mean like an IRS audit or something like that. It just means like, let's say roofing company A has to hire accounting firm mm -hmm. because they need a bank loan and the bank won't give them a loan unless the accounting firm says, right. yes, their books are correct. We've checked every single transaction. It's materially correct. You know, there's no fraud. There's no embezzlement. There's no lying about their books. They're not lying about inventory. Right. They have the amount of shingles that are on their books. They have those shingles in their warehouse. And so there's an accountant out there literally counting shingles in a warehouse to verify their books. So that's audit. And when I was deciding um, whether to do tax or audit, there was a partner that spoke in one of our classes and she was like, yeah, back in the day, like you would do tax and audit and then pick. And she's like, I was sent to foster farms and she's like, I had to go into a chicken coop and literally ch count remember, chickens. Yeah. I remember this story. And she's like, we're in hazmat suits <clears throat> and like birds are shitting on us. And we had just had to count chickens for like weeks because oh they were auditing how many, how much inventory foster farms has. And I was like, I'm out, I'm not doing it. And <laughs> so I picked tax. So that's to answer your like audit versus tax question. But then everybody always asks like, well, why isn't my accountant doing tax right. strategy Exactly. Already? They all ask me that. Yeah. yeah. So that's because even in my graduate tax degree, they don't teach you how to save money. They don't teach you how to save people money in taxes. All they do is like, you're reading thousands of pages of case law. Like you're literally just reading cases of like, okay, the judge stipulated this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like all you're reading are cases, super boring. All the classes are curved, right? Cause especially in law, like there's no right or wrong answer. It's like interpretation and why the judge like allowed this, but didn't allow this deduction. So what are the situations and like all the things involved? And so like everyone basically failed, but it's like, how bad did you fail? And so then maybe you got an A if you failed less bad than the person next to you. It was awful. People cried every single day. How, how did, I know you very well. How did you, being the perfectionist that you are, <laughs> get through? It was awful. Like, did you just get your, your soul crushed like every day? Yeah, we cried all the time. Not to mention, I had a newborn at the time. So like, I'm in basically law school. A master's in tax is like one year of law school. And so I'm like in law school basically with a newborn and like not sleeping and class is like from eight to five and then you're supposed to like they give you studying like six to seven hours a night and then so then by the time i would finish studying it'd be like midnight and then i'd be up nursing like all night it was terrible awful it's crying all the time so then you like join an accounting firm and they 
make you so busy that right. you, well, one, actually the first two years, you're probably not talking to a single client. They like, don't right. let you, they don't allow you to, they're like, Oh, what if you say the wrong thing or like whatever the first two years, you're not even talking to clients. They make you so busy that you can't even like think straight because you're supposed to do a thousand tax returns in a tax season. But if you are able to talk to clients, then you're still like, you were so busy just filing tax returns. You're not actually learning how to save people money in taxes. So it's really just like experience and then like looking outward and being like, wait, okay. One of my clients is making a hundred thousand dollars profit. Like there has to be a better way. Like maybe I suggest to them to maximize their home office deduction or how are you writing off your car? Cause maybe there's a better way or what entity structure are you? Like, but most accountants just don't have the time. They're too busy right. spitting out tax returns. They don't want to learn about it. Um, they definitely don't want to deal with the documentation. Right. They don't want to ever deal with the IRS. It's like lack of knowledge, being too busy, being too lazy. <clears throat> because also we see all the time, like, like, why didn't your accountant just make you an S corporation? Like, it's not that difficult, but they just don't want to file the forms. Right. You really have to like look for tax strategy certifications and conferences and courses. And it's just a matter of like learning and educating all year round. Yeah, no, I agree. Here's the other thing too. The thing that kind of also blew my eyes, even after you had had your master's in tax, like you had to go and there's like, like you said, you have to go and pursue education outside of, you know, like, like, Cal Poly should have taught you all of these things, right? You know, like they should have taught you all these things, but they didn't. And like, it's, it just kind of goes back to the whole, you know, those that can do and those that can't teach, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's mind blowing. Cause you're going, you went, you know, into debt for that to get that education. And like, it just, it's just out there. But at the same time, like, but also look at who owns colleges. That was going to be my who's next question. Funding colleges. Right. And so looking back, it's like, so when I was in college and in my master's program, I, was, I forget the name of the school, but it was like school of whatever. And it was someone's name. And then the name of that person was a partner at a big four law firm or a accounting firm. And so who's funding part of our master's program? Right. Big four. And what does big four want? They just want you to be really good employees. Like totally. that's all they teach you. They like brainwash you that you're a good student and you did a good job if you get a job with big four. Right. You know? So I think that's why there's a disservice is like who's behind the schools. And even like I've been chatting with one of the deans of the college because they wanted me to speak at one of their events. And I was like, I would love to teach the students like that they don't have to go to big four after they graduate. Like they can do it themselves or they can like work at a small firm and they're like, actually maybe you can speak next year (laughs) (laughs) you fired yourself (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like i real i wanted to teach them that there's like so much more out there but i guess but you knew you knew before you said that yeah you knew you're i couldn't show up there and then be like yeah fuck big four like (laughs) and then (laughs) they'd be like so can you leave now right do you think it's almost like like Here's the other thing I've, I've, here's my next question for you. Do you think you need to understand business in order to be a good strategist? Like that's something else I've noticed too with a lot of other accountants is they're not real good 
business people. Mm -hmm. So how are they going to help another business owner with their business when they don't understand business themselves? Yeah, it's so true. Like I, and I tell our clients this or prospective clients looking in, it's like, why are you paying someone for their expertise on real estate taxes when they don't even invest in real estate? You know, it's like hiring a real estate agent. We ask all of ours, like, do you own any real estate? Because most real estate agents don't own a damn house. And so why are you trusting this person to buy like the most expensive thing in your life um, when they don't own a house themselves or an investment property? So it's the same thing with your accountants. Like you need to be asking the questions if you want advice on how to save money in taxes for business. Do they own a business? If they want advice on crypto, like, do you have crypto? Like we have crypto only because I wanted to learn about it. And it's like, can't learn about it unless you do it. And then ask good questions to your accountants and don't just trust people because you're paying them. Do you think that it's almost like a different language, like financial literacy? Because that's really what it is, right? The the tax code is, is almost like a giant social engineering project by the government. Like they want people to have jobs. So they incentivize people to like be job creators. They want people to have a roof over their head. So they, and there's all sorts of incentives for real estate investors, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you think that the, the, like, what's, what's your take on, on that whole piece? Like the government using the internal revenue code to do, to make the private citizen do what they can't do themselves. Yeah, if you take a look at when tax laws change, there's always big overhauls in the tax code when a different president comes in. Yep. And that's because they're incentivizing certain behavior. It's all like this crazy manipulative, like, I don't know, manipulative program, I suppose. But manipulative is a bad word. Yeah, It's, it's, it's really it's, like it's, incentivizing behavior. So right now, as the tax code stands, um, Biden passed yep. a lot of laws for green energy. And that's because... They want to incentivize behavior with electric vehicles and solar yep. and you know all of the all of this green energy stuff. And so they make tax codes to make it tax advantageous. And what do people do when things are tax advantageous? They do them. People don't want really want Teslas. They're right. just doing it because they get a big tax credit. The Tesla this just year. just lowered their price too. Oh so my gosh, I love this. So the tax law changed this year, January 1, 23. And they were giving big tax credits for electric vehicles like they did last year, but they put a ton of restrictions on it. And they said, you can only get it if you only make this amount and the cost of the car has to be under this and has to be like manufactured a certain way in the United States. So they put a bunch of stuff on it. Well, you could basically buy any electric vehicle except Tesla. Except Tesla because they hate Elon Musk. And I think they passed those laws because they didn't want people to buy Teslas because they don't like Elon Musk, right? But you could go out and buy like other branded electric vehicles and get the credit. So what does Tesla do? September 2023, they lowered the prices of their cars by over $40,000. Yeah. And like you and I test drove a Tesla like in August. Yeah. And the one we liked, of course, was like the SUV because it's over 6,000 pounds. You get a really good tax benefit for cars over 6,000 pounds. And it started, MSRP was 110,000. And we're like, ugh. Yeah. 
You know, like, and I, then I don't, I don't last want, week, I don't need that. I don't need it that bad. Last week, Tesla dropped it to $70,000 from 108. Yep. Like, we could have bought the same ass car a month ago and paid 110. And then this month, it's 70000 And Tesla did it as like an F you to the government. Yep. Like, you're not stopping our clients from getting the electric vehicle credits. And what does Tesla now get to do? They get to take the credits on their account. Like, their accountants are... Not credits, but they get to take the loss right. on yeah, their tax right. returns. Because you bet if they were selling a car for 110 and now they're selling it for $70, they are losing money. And they know they're losing money. Yep. But they get to take the loss on their tax return, and then they're letting people get the electric vehicle credit. I think it's so genius. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But back to like incentivizing behavior. So like when Trump was in office, he was really incentivizing real estate right, investors real estate guy, yeah. and business owners. Yep. And so you saw a lot of tax law changes in terms of like bonus depreciation, yep. buying assets, buying vehicles. Like there were huge benefits to that. And so really it's just looking at like the electoral candidates, what do they really want? What are they trying to push for? And those are probably the tax laws that are gonna get pushed because it'll move people into that behavior and then they can say, look at all we've done with green energy. It's not really because the president did it. It's right. because they incentivized people to make money off of it and that's why they did it. Honestly, when I came to understand that, it, I, you know, I used to always think the government was just kind of full of a bunch of morons. I used to, I used to work for the government, but. I think when it comes to the internal revenue code, I think they're actually, they're actually kind of really, 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 really smart. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's, and once you understand that, it's, it's very, very interesting. If you really, and, and here's my next question, last question, because I think we're, we're kind of getting low on time. Do you think having, understanding the, the internal revenue code, understanding taxes and having a good strategist is one of the key elements to becoming wealthy? Of course. Like, Taxes are the biggest expense that you will ever have in your life, Agreed. right? If you're paying 40% taxes, that means 40% of everything you bring home is going to the government. And what other expense do you have that is that high? Like even your house should only be a no. third of what you bring in. Yeah, you really need to plan strategically with your taxes and have someone that knows what they're talking about that's on your team that can help you all year round and like plan ahead of time. Like yeah. don't just go to your accountant in April and be like, oh yeah, I did this or oh yeah. Like we get it all the time. Someone's yeah. like, I sold a property last year. It's like, well, damn, why didn't you tell us when it was happening? We could have right. done a 1031 exchange or I've had, I've had a client like miss the two year mark by a week of selling their personal residence. So like the rule is if you have your house for two out of the last five years, you can exclude $500,000 of gain. And their real estate agent did them a disservice by not telling them that. Their mortgage loan officer did a disservice yep. by not telling them that. But and their accountant did too. Well, but they didn't tell their accountant that they were Because they never talked to them, but yeah. Yeah. And so we really have to know about the transactions ahead of time, and then we can save you the most amount of taxes. Well, thank you. I think we're about running out on time, right? Yeah, thanks for listening. And feel free to always DM us at your tax coach. If you have any ideas for podcasts or questions that you want Matt and I to answer. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Changing Money. Don't forget to subscribe. And I would love if you left a review and shared it with your friends. See you next time. Yeah.